0: soft story classic bringing to you recordings of old storybooks the trumpet call Florence Nightingale Willie fold your little hands, let it drop that soldier toy look where father's picture stands Father that here kissed his boy. Not a month since, father kind, Who this night may, never mind. Mother sob, my Willie, dear, Cry out loud that he may hear. Who is God of battle's cry? God keep father safe this day By the Alma river. Ask no more child, Never heed either Russ or Frank or Turk. Right of nation's trampled creed, Chance poise victory's bloody work any flag aye the wind may roll on thy heights sevastopol willie he all to you and me is that spot whate'er it be where he stands no other word stands god sure the child's prayer's heard near the alma river willie listen to the bells ringing in the town to-day that's for victory no knell swells For the many swept away, Hundreds, thousands let us weep, We who need not, just to keep, Reason clear in thought and brain, Till the morning comes again, Till the third dread morning tell Who they were that fought and fell By the Alma River. Come we'll lay us down, my child, Poor the bed is poor and hard, But thy father, far exiled, Sleeps upon the open sward. Dreaming of us two at home Or beneath the starry dome Digs out trenches in the dark Where he buries Willie, Mark Where he buries those who died Fighting, fighting at his side By the Alma River Willie, Willie, go to sleep God will help us, oh my boy He will make the dull hours creep Faster and send news of joy When I need not shrink to meet Those great placards in the street That for weeks will ghastly stare In some eyes, child, say that prayer Once again a different one Say, O God, thy will be done By the Alma River Open your atlas at the map of Russia Look down toward the bottom At that part of the great empire Which borders on the or Black Sea, there you will find a small peninsula. It is really almost an island, being surrounded on three sides by water labeled Crimea. It was only a part of one of the smallest of Russia's 40-odd provinces, the province of Torida. Yet it was one of the famous places of history, for here, in the years 1854 and 1855, was fought the Crimean War, one of the wars of modern times. Russia and Turkey had never been good neighbors. They had always been jealous for each other always quarreling about this or that, the fact being that each was afraid of the others getting too much land or too much power. In these disputes the other countries of Europe have generally sympathized with Turkey, feeling that Russia had quite enough power, and that it that if she had more, it might be dangerous for all of them. Some day you may read in history about the Eastern question and the balance of power, and we'll find out just what these meant in, in the 1850s. But this is all that you need know now in order to understand what I'm going to tell you. In 1854, Turkey feeling that Russia was pressing too hard upon her, called upon the other European powers to help her. The result was that England, France, Sardinia, now a part of Italy, but then a separate kingdom and Turkey made an agreement with one another and all together declared war upon Russia. England had been at peace with all the world for 40 years ever since the wars of Napoleon, which were closed by the great victory of Waterloo. The English are a brave race. They had forgotten the horrors of war and remembered only its glories and its victories and they sprang to arms as joyous as boys run to a football game sharpen your cutlasses, and the day is ours said Sir Charles Napier to his men just before the British fleet sailed and this was the feeling all through the country the fleets of the Allied powers gathered in the Black Sea forming one great armada surrounded the peninsula of the Crimea and landed their armies in September 1854 was fought the first big battle by the Alma River the Allies were victorious and a great shout of joy went up all over England victory victory cried old and young there were bells and bonfires and illuminations the whole country went mad with joy and for a short time no one thought of anything except glory waving banners and sounding trumpets but banners and trumpets though a real part of war are only a very small part after a little time through the shouting and rejoicing a different sound was heard the sound of weeping and lamentation not only for the hundreds of men who were lying dead beside the fatal river but for the other hundreds of sick and wounded soldiers dying for want of care. There had been gross neglect and terrible mismanagement in the carrying out of the war. Nobody knew just whose fault it was, but everything seemed to be lacking that was most needed on that desolate shore of the Crimea. The English troops were in an enemy's country and a poor country at that. Whatever supplies there were had been taken by the Russian armies for their own needs. Food and clothing had been sent out from England in great quantities, but somehow no one could find them. Some supplies had been stowed in the hold of vessels, and other things piled on top so that they could not be got at. Some were stored in warehouses which no one had authority to open. Some were actually rotting at the wharves for want of precise orders as to their disposal. The surgeons had no bandages, the doctors no medicines. It was a state of things that to day we can hardly imagine. Indeed, it seemed as if the need were so great and terrible that it paralyzed those who saw it. It is now pouring rain, wrote William Howard Russell to the London Times. The skies are black as ink. The wind is howling over the staggering tents. The trenches are turned into dikes. In the tents, the water is sometimes a foot deep. Our men have not either warm or waterproof clothing. They are out for 12 hours at a time in the trenches. They are plunged into the inevitable miseries of a winter campaign, and not a soul seems to care for their comfort or even for their lives. Those, these are hard truths, but the people of England must hear them. They must know that the wretched beggar who wanders about the streets of London in their reign leads the life of a prince compared with the British soldiers who are fighting out here for their country. The commonest accessories of a hospital are wanting. There is not the least attention paid to decency or clean linen. The stench is appalling. The fetid air can hardly struggle out to taint the atmosphere. Save through the chicks in the walls and roofs. And for all I can observe, these men die without the least effort being made to save them. There they lie, just as they were let gently down on the ground by the poor fellows, their comrades, who brought them on their backs from the camp with the greatest tenderness, but who are not allowed to remain with them. The sick appear to be tended by the sick, and the dying by the dying. He added that the snow was three feet deep on a level, and the cold so intense that many soldiers were frozen in their tents. No one meant to be cruel or neglectful, but there were not half enough doctors, and think of it, children. There were no nurses. How did this happen? Well, when the war broke out, the military authorities did not want female nurses. The matter was talked over, and it was decided that things would go better without them. This was put on the ground that the class of nurses, as I have told you, was at that time in England a very poor one. They were often drunken, generally unfeeling, and always ignorant. The War Department decided that this kind of nurse would do more harm than good. They did not realize that the old order changeth, yielding place to new and that the time was come when the new nurse must replace the old but now the need was come immediate and terrible and there was no one to meet it when the people of england realized this when they learned that the hospital in Scutari was filled with sick and wounded and dying men, and no one to care for them save a few male orderlies, wholly untrained for the task, when they heard that in the hospitals of the French army, the Sisters of Mercy were doing their blessed work, tending the wounded, healing the sick, and comforting the dying, and realizing that the English soldiers, their own sons, brothers and husbands, had no such help and no such comfort. The sound of bell and trumpet was lost in a great cry of anger and sorrow that went up from the whole country, and matters grew worse and worse, as one great battle after another sent its dreadful fruits to the already overflowing hospital at Scutari. On October 25th came Bakalava, on November 5th, Inkerman. you have all read the charge of the light brigade through the line they broke. Cossack and Russian reeled from the sabre stroke, shattered and sundered, then they rode back, but not, not the 600. Cannon to right of them, cannon to left of them, cannon behind them, volleyed and thundered, stormed at with shot and shell, while horse and hero fell. They that have fought so well came through the jaws of death, back from the mouth of hell. All that was left of them, left of six hundred, when came their glory fade. Oh, the wild charge they made! All the world wondered, honor they charge, honor the charge they made, honor the Light Brigade, Noble 600. I've already spoken of William Howard Russell. He was the war correspondent of the Times, the great English newspaper, and a man of intelligence, heart, and feeling. He was on the spot and saw the horrors of the war at first hand. His heart was filled with sorrow and pity for the suffering around him, and with indignation that so little was done to relieve it, and he wrote day after day home to England, telling what he saw and what was needed. Soon after, Bukalava, he wrote, Are there no devoted women amongst us, able and willing to go forth to minister to the sick and suffering soldiers of the East in the hospitals of Scutari? Are there none of the daughters of England at this extreme hour of need ready for such a work of mercy? France has sent forth her sisters of mercy unsparingly, and they are even now by the bedsides of the wounded and the dying, giving what woman's hand alone can give of comfort and relief. Must we fall so far below the French in self-sacrifice and devotedness in a work while Christ so signally blesses as done unto himself? I was sick, and ye visited me. This was the trumpet call that rang in the ears of the women of England. Sounding a clearer note than all the clarions of victory, we shall see how it was answered. Thank you for listening to another episode of Soft Story Classic.